Are we live? <laughs> oh, oh, of course we're live, because I'm organising it, not you, Gabe. Because <laughs> <laughs> you actually hit the button. Because I hit the button, unlike you last week, like when you didn't right. hit the button to start the show. You know, don't, don't, give the, don't give the keys of the car to the kids. Just, it's your fault. I was watching it in Germany, and I was saying, hang on a minute, you're talking... You, What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> oh, God. Apparently, anyway. I, I didn't know what was going on either. So. <laughs> anyway, we are net that hole, and we are live on a Friday night <laughs> rather than a Wednesday night or a Thursday night because uh, both Gabe and I have a few uh, bits and bobs which we had to deal with yesterday. So apologies for being a day late. So we're going to try and be as prompt as we can with respect to the content so that people have time to uh, watch it if you're not watching it live and, of course, listen to it. Um, if you want to catch it on the um, on the pod, what's been going on since I've been away, Gabe? Well, I heard you played a wild card whilst I was eating sausages and drinking copious amounts of beer. I, I didn't realize there were sausages involved. Oh, well, there's always sausages involved in Germany. But now, and, and now, all of all that's been happening this week since I got back is people have been sticking things up my nose. It's wonderful. <laughs> Well, I'm sure it was all worth it, Mariner. How's, how, did how's card, how did the wild card go? And first of all, how are you? But how did the wild card go as well? I'm I'm barely even conscious at this hour of the morning, Mariner. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time you took one for the team with an early call, isn't it? I guess it is. I guess it is. But when when are the the UK boys up early like us? Um, are, are they? I don't think they are. I don't think they've done one yet, have they? No, they haven't. Uh, we'll soon sort that one out. <laughs> uh, so to answer your question, though, the wild card, um, the wild card was a mild disappointment. I, I would call it uh, just you know some fifty-fifty calls that went the other way. Um, I'm still. I look at the team and I'm happy with it. I'm happy with the selection. It's just uh, you know I, I kind of flopped into fifty-nine points last week. Um, so not not the greatest, but I would have done much worse if I had not wild carded. And I think that's. That's the main message for me. Uh, the wild card, like if I looked at my team, it's not a team that would scream wild card, but I felt it. I felt it needed it. And then it turned out at the, at the end of the game week that it was a benefit that I, that I used it. I like my team going forward. This is the week that really concerns me because I don't have Antonio. Um, I, I always knew that going in. I, I thought, you know, I, anyway, I have my reasons for that. But um, It's a yeah. good job we benched you in the FPL championships then, right? One hundred percent. I'm just going to sleep on that bench for this game week, I think, or hide behind it. And I'll see you guys. Oh, well. Anyway, uh, what I would say is, I played a wild card last year. I got forty points. I, I absolutely miserable of sin. And I looked at it and I counted up about seven or eight decisions, which were fifty fifties. And the week after, I did an eighty. So. Don't panic, I would suggest. Yeah. Um, let's quickly get a few little bits and bobs out of the way, as always, before we dive into the content. Um, obviously, first things first, as uh, we are cracking on towards 1,500 followers now on uh, on YouTube, subscribers should say on YouTube. And, uh, of course, that means that Nima's going to dress up as Ali G. I'm not going to do the impression. We'll leave it to him. <laughs> but, um, yes, and once we get to 2,000 followers, we will donate some more to the, the heartfund.eu, a great cause. 
uh, and very important as well uh, because everything goes right to the um, right to the coal face. I think, as we'd say, right to where it really needs to be money goes right to where it needs to be spent. And um, pod-wise, yeah, we're cracking along as well, so that's really cool. Uh, again, thank you very much, everybody, for your support. Um, the mini league, we're not far away from having a September winner now. I can't believe it. Um, but the, the league is still open, FG1XMB. Uh, prizes are a, bo- uh, a, sh- a box from at Shirt Loop Box. Uh, we've got Matt Whelan's book, at FPL Obsessed. And, of course, we've got a year's subscription to Fantasy Football Fix, which... Uh, we guys, we we've used and we've been using it quite a bit this week because we've been worried about trans about price rises. I certainly mm. there've been conversations at eight thirty, nine thirty in the morning in Singapore. In fact, people were complaining that there's no price rises coming through, and then realised it was the wrong time. In fairness, Nima's got a lot going on these days. A lot, lots of happiness to Nima these days. Mate, he's the so, he's the social animal. Is the is yeah, he's the social animal of net that hall. He's just uh, just busy, just drumming up support. I mean, eight thousand to nine thousand followers in about ten minutes. Crazy, right? On Twitter, anyway. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> oh, how come Bungle, Bungle's got access, hasn't he? Oh my god, it's zen stressed. Bungle looks zen stressed after realizing he's been talking to Nick for 20 plus minutes without pressing the button. That was last week. I, 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 you should have seen Nick's face. <laughs> outstanding. I love it. I love it. Anyway, let's quickly, before I let you loose on your. Um, on your philosophy segment, Gabe. I'll just, uh, whilst you're lining up, I'll just have a say hello to a few people. So we've got FPL Sav, we've got Ranthan in, Favindra's in, uh, Bungle obviously is in. Who else? Mark Hughes. Is it the the Mark Hughes? FPL DG Boy 88. Hello, Mike as well. Mike Halpin, another regular. Hello, mate. Uh, Sushet's in. Sorry if I'm saying it wrong. Blue Danube guy. Lennox Desbra. We've got Donny, we've got Hordaf, Hordafi, Hordafi. Oh my goodness. Oh, and we've got Hibbo here. Uh, yo, guys. He's one of our own. <laughs> so, where's Nima? Tell him to get bloody. Oh, the wife's in. Hello, Jolene. She's not, I'm not waking her up now because it's only 8 30 at night in Singapore. So, Gabe, um, come on, tell me about the philosophy of the week um, for this week. Over to you, my friend. Okay, this week's uh, philosophy of the week. Um, I had to. I had to get a quote in from Bruce Lee. Uh, just if, if anything, to get um, Ray off my back. <laughs> um, no, but but seriously, Bruce Lee has been. Um, it's been. It's been a long time coming. It's time for a Bruce Lee quote, and the and the uh, the quote is this: "The stiffest tree is most easily cracked, while the bamboo or willow survives by bending with the wind." So I live, I live near the Grand Canyon and this is, this is a, you know, a, a, a rock, I guess, um, a, a part of the world where it, water cut through 800 meters of limestone and granite. Um, the soft and adaptable endures. Don't fight the currents of FPL, become the currents. Renounce the dogma and play the game week and the season in front of you. This season is not like last season, which was not like the season before. And this game week is not like last week, and it wasn't like the game week before. So, um, bend with the wind, Mariner. Bend with the wind. Gone with the wind, more like. <laughs> um, 
Certainly after a load of beer and sausages. (laughs) (laughs) After a load of beer and sausages, that man in the image there is you. You just know what's coming. You just know what's coming tonight. It's going to be chaos. And look, I mean, from my perspective, there's a lot of flying insects in the Grand Canyon. I think so. As I understand the next section, we're going to be talking about bees and hornets. Is that correct? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. Vespidae is is the word for for that that family of, of species of animals. All right. Yeah. All right. I just call them little bastards who sting me. <laughs> little fuckers. <laughs> so we may as well carry on, haven't we, whilst we're just complete, as usual, just a complete nonsensical chat, which is quite normal when it's just me and you. It's um, a good thing there are no rails on the, in the ocean because we would be off the rails every single every single time. Totally, totally. I think we're just swimming against the swimming against the tide, swimming against the currents of of FPL bad luck. That's, <laughs> That's right. Anyway. That's right. Nima, on the other hand, is just sailing over the sunset with his pina colada in his hand, sitting on the poop deck or are wherever you, he is. Are you kidding me? Nima's charging down the face of a wave, surfing with a pina colada in his hand, just waving at, at everybody as everyone sinks, and he just keeps yeah. rising and rising. But event- eventually, when you surf, you get eaten by a shark, right? <laughs> well, well, I don't think that's going to happen to Nima. Nima's, uh, according to Hibbo, Nima's winning this thing. Ah, uh, well, we'll see about that. I'm not letting that happen. I'm, ca- I'm going <laughs> to catch you. Anyway, Gabe, um, let's go to the uh, to your matchup. So you're going to talk about the bees and the hornets. So right. Brentford and Watford, who would have thought that they would have made the matchup show on game week six? I'm quite shocked. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm surprised as well. Um, and and the, the reason I think they made it to the matchup show is, is because of an oversight on my part. I, I didn't know, I don't think I knew enough about the teams going into the season. And I think that, um, Ignorance created a blind spot for me on my wild card, and and you know we, we talk about 50-50 calls, but we have our reasons for going one way and not going another way, right? And I didn't get Sar, and my reason for not getting Sar was that Watford didn't create enough chances, which was true before last week, right? Um, now, so I, I didn't actually look into them, so I, I figured this would be a good penance, um, and then and then Brentford is a team that. I, that that has that's the next team I'll discuss that that has just really surprised me um, because I, I expected them to be defensively vulnerable um, and and I and then I realized well I just had that expectation based on things that I had heard uh, and not actually looking into them myself so I, so I wanted to learn more about these teams and and I wanted to learn more about specifically the Liverpool matchup against Brentford. But let's get started with Watford here. Um, so Watford have a kind of a revamped uh, central midfield. Um, the interesting thing is that they, they try to avoid the midfield uh, as much as possible when in possession. So what they do is uh, for the, I guess for the, the people in the podcast, this one's, this one's going to be difficult. It'll be difficult for me as well to explain. But basically, <laughs> um, and we're looking at a pass map from, from between posts. And Watford, they show kind of the heavy possession, and you'll see that the pattern here is heavy possession in the triangle, deep in, uh, it's, it's a deep line possession on the left side of the field. You'll see a triangle that's usually composed of Cabocelli, 
um, Messina, uh, Bachman is involved in there, um, Ekong is in there as well. And, and then they have a link play, the, the link play on the right-hand side with, uh, with Cathcart, at least in this match. I'll explain more later. And then they have a front triangle diagonally opposite to that deep-line possession triangle. And the front triangle is composed of is uh, Saar, of course, which is who's on the right-hand side, but is typically furthest up the field, even further than Dennis. Um, but you have kind of like the Saar, Dennis, and whoever's on the right side, in this case, um, in the match against Villa, the first match, it's a, it's a, it's a cat card. Um, and you have um, Etebo and Cleverly and Kuka kind of in the middle, but the middle is kind of this vast area where not much is going on. Um, so we'll, so that, that's just kind of like to, to set it up. And then so what, what we'll see first is a series of the pass maps. So we see kind of patterns emerging. So if we move on to the next pass map, this is the uh, the Brighton match. Um, in the Brighton match, we see again a deep line triangle. In the Brighton match, the deep line triangle has shifted centrally, but you still have the deep line triangle and then the high triangle on the right hand side with uh, Saar, Dennis, Cleverly, and Cathcart again. Um, the deep line triangle again. They're involving the goalkeeper Bachman. Cabasella uh, is involved there, and Ekong um, and and Ekong. Uh, that that's what's forming that triangle. Now, in, in this match, we see a little bit of an outlet on the left-hand side, uh, highlighted in red to, to, to um, Adam Messina. But the, the thing is, they, they don't, <clears throat> that outlet on the left-hand side doesn't really provide penetration. But the important thing to see here is that U-shape and that, you know, um, Peter Atebo is a, is a lonely man in that midfield, right? There's so much space in that midfield, and they try to keep the ball away from there because they, they don't want to lose it um, in, in that area. Next slide. Next match here. Next slide. Mm -hmm. There we go. Smiley face now. What's going on? This is, yeah, that's a, that's a smiley face. This is the Spurs match. Now, what's <laughs> that's, why. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. There you go. That makes sense. <laughs> so what's interesting here, and, and the, the reason for the smiley face is there is deep line possession. The deep line possession this time is on the left-hand side. Um, with But there it's not it's not, the possession isn't completed like you don't see the triangle completed you see the angles of possession with um who is that that's a Cien, francisco siena right okay. he's he's involved in it now bachman is involved less but they it's it's really just kind of almost linear so what, what i'm assuming here is that spurs probably clogged the midfield and this is them passing around the midfield, kind of, kind of back and forth, seeing where where they can get some penetration on the flanks. Um, so here we go. Okay. Uh, next slide. Yeah. Now in this slide against Wolves, the pattern is somewhat repeated. We see again Peter Atebo alone in the midfield. Uh, we see the deep line triangle. Um, but we can see uh, King, Kuka, and Sissoko playing much closer to, to Etebo in order to deal with Neves and Moutinho against Spurs, right? Neves and Moutinho are kind of disrupt play a lot. So um, whenever the ball goes there, you need some quick some quick outlets. Um, so you see that the midfielders just kind of getting closer together um, as, as kind of a tactical response to, to the opposition here. The focus of the passing is still around the outside. And Watford was finally able to find some more balanced penetration here as they exploited the left side um, 
where through Danny Rose, uh, where where Semedo is playing. So the Semedo factor kind of allows that penetration on the left side. Now the next match is it's funny because. Um, my idea that Watford avoids the middle kind of goes to shit in the Norwich match, uh, which is why there aren't there aren't any like there's nothing highlighted here. It's just the Norwich. This is the Norwich passing map, and you do see the outline of Watford trying to get the ball around uh, around around the flanks. But Norwich are so bad that um, it's just such an, an easier matchup that the risk of playing through the middle is not as is not as great. So Watford can link play through, more through these areas of the pitch. So you see um, Sissoko more involved, like Sissoko and Kuka kind of uh, more involved, uh, kind of deeper, deeper in central midfield with Josh King and cleverly combining in, uh, higher up the field in central midfield. And there are more passes going going through the middle now. Um, in, in in this matchup. So <clears throat> the perils of the system kind of show up in the stats. Watford have conceded the six most chances from the left, so that's 21 chances compared to the fourth fewest chances from the right. Um, <clears throat> so I thought these chances were perhaps from being dispossessed. So if they're possessing in that deep line triangle kind of to the left, um, centrally but to the left, I thought that maybe they were being dispossessed um when when they possess the ball there but it turns out that most of those chances from from their left side came from conceding corners um interestingly enough so per, perhaps Watford's third most attempts conceded from set plays and it is, is an indication of this third most attempts conceded from set plays and and uh, six most chances conceded from the left i think those those things are are related um not really sure here, but the last item is regarding regarding Dennis uh, because um, I think it was Nick Trigulips that that you know suggested the idea of getting Dennis into my team, and I was adamantly against it. Um, and that, but here's kind of why: well, well, he's Dennis has been productive recently, but he has some decent stats. I, I just think that Saar is such a talisman that uh, that the funds would be used that the funds used to buy Dennis would be better spent in defense, for example. So Watford's not a team that have a, a free-flowing attack, right? So a secondary option on the team is not that appealing for me. And then to add to that, just for reference, here's how I have um, kind of two uh, passing maps on, on the screen here. And, and the passing maps are really just to show how much more involved Sar is than Dennis. And, and not just involved in the gameplay, you can see by the number of passes and the number of successful passes, Dennis does, Dennis does not have very many success, or his ratios of passes, uh, his successful passes is not that great. He has a lot of unsuccessful passes. So not only is he more involved, is Sar more involved in the, in the play as the passing that show, he's also more involved in and around the box. Um, so I, I think Dennis could, could be a bit of a, just, just funds that you'll regret having uh, having in, in that position. Um, so I, I just think if Watford can continue to find ways to circumvent that midfield against tougher opposition while still getting the being able to get the bar to, ball to, to Sar, um, I think in 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 space, I think um, I think they could be they could offer value, especially against this, uh, against teams that employ wing back systems. What are your thoughts overall? That was a lot. I've got some sound problems at this end, but it seems like nobody else has. So I, you're a little bit okay. breaky up here. But uh, what I did, I mean, look, the bits that I would say is that let me give you my conundrum. Um, 
I would like Saar, but who the hell do I take out? Um, you know, I've got players like Yotta, I've got Ben Rammer, and I've got Greenwood. I'm going to argue to keep them all this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I agree with you. I think Saar is a talisman. And to be honest with you, I had a chance to go to him the other week, and I did a silly move from Kufal to um, Semedo, where, quite frankly, I probably should have gone, uh, should have made a move some other way. Um, and brought Sar in, so that was a bit, bit, bit silly. There's a few questions, Gabe. Um, mm-hmm. There was um, questions about Dennis's minutes. I think from Andy, um, you know, because is it uh, Yao Pedro is back, and also there's a question from Abilash on King. Do, do is there anything you see from the um, from what you, you what you're looking at regarding either of those uh, regarding King particularly? Um, but I think so, they are. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. I, I was just going to mention just really quickly on um, on João Pedro. He's so th- th- this is the pro- also the problem with Dennis, and it, and this is you know uh, at uh, my, my friend Stephen at sixth goal has been beating this drum. The problem with Dennis is that his his according to Watford fans, his place is, isn't secure because João Pedro is a very talented, ex lively type of player, um, and and Dennis. That there, Watford fans are actually surprised that Dennis hasn't been rotated yet. I know João Pedro has been injured and he's just getting back in, in, in the form. So I would expect some rotation there. And it could, I want to see the different options there first in, in that spot to see how they all fit tactically. Perhaps uh, Pedro offers something different from a tactical perspective than Dennis does. But I don't know enough about the two players with with Watford because João Pedro was on, um, no, it wasn't Pedro. Who, who was the one that was on loan in Spain last, last season? Um, no, I don't know. No, I'm not sure either. The, the, there's a, there's another one in there that that could be in in the fold as well. So I think Dennis is could be ro- a rotation risk. Now, when it comes to Josh King, I'm just going to go back to my slides really quickly here. Um, Can we move it back? Let me. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back. So if you notice that this one's fine, and then I'll I'll just go like kind of one by one. Okay. So. Josh King is is playing very much in central midfield, almost next to Tom Cleverley. He's he's typically at the um, at the deepest lying point of the diamond that's further forward. So he's the midfield kind of point with Cleverley of that diamond. So if you go go back another slide, there he is again. You have King, Kuka, Sissoko right there in, in central midfield at the deep one of the deepest parts of that front diamond. Go back again. Of that front triangle toe. Um, here, Josh King is further forward in the game against Spurs, right? But that's just because they've vacated the midfield completely against Spurs. They've really tried to avoid that and left a table there. Um, Josh King didn't play and didn't play against Brighton. I don't think he played in the first no, game against he did. Hill. Yeah. Right. So I, I would say jo- Josh King isn't really. He has a new role, and and his new role is kind of to support the central midfielders and maybe be an outlet for Cleverly. Um, yeah. So not a particularly good pick. Not, not a good FPL asset from what we've seen so far. Okay. Okay, cool. That answers that question nicely. I hope that was uh, useful, uh, Abilash. Right. Uh, the bees. <laughs> the bees. Um, I, I, I'm laughing at the, at the gift that I used in the thread. I, I just, just Oprah screaming bees was uh, uh, <laughs> really fun for me. I, so the, the bees, let me get to the bees here. Okay. Um, whoops, let's, 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 let's,
So it looks like Brentford is going to stick with their 3-5-2 formation or 5-3-2 um, with an out-of-position and Bumo partnering Tony on the front line, right? But before we get to the kind of the Tony and Mbomo uh, comparison, um, I want to examine Brentford's pass maps in a similar way we did Watford's. And there's a lot of similarities going on. When I, when I did this analysis, I, I, was, I, I couldn't believe it, how, sim, how similar these teams kind of set up, but the, but the result of that setup is very different. So, so this, this is quite fascinating. Um, so we're starting with the Brentford Arsenal match, and we can see a familiar kind of passing pattern arising here. Much like Watford, Brentford set up with a deep triangle on the left side in possession and a high triangle on the right side diagonally opposite for penetration um, and to move the line of possession forward. What, what Brentford like to do, I think even more than Watford, is, is really get, get, that, get the ball forward on the right-hand side so they can all step forward. And, and so there's a... So, the defense has a line of confrontation, which is the line that they start pressuring the ball, and the offense wants to move that line further up the field, and that's how Brentford moves that moves the line further up the field. Um, also, much like Watford, the link is provided by the right wing back. Um, note that in this match, David Raya had the uh, had the most passes for Brentford, uh, which is really interesting. Oftentimes, the the goalkeeper um, will form the the deep the deep point of that triangle. Next one, Palace. Yep, there we go. Uh, the next one's the Palace match, and we see that that the triangles are quite similar. Um, again, Raya very much involved. We have a we have a, tr a passing triangle on the left hand side between Raya, Pinnock, um, Henry, Norgard in central midfield. Um, against Palace, Pinnock is uh, Pinnock, uh, the base of the defensive possessive tr possession triangle had the most passes which is interesting and, and that this is going to be a theme um the link play worked out differently in this match as as Norgard played a fulcrum role as Jansen steps up and inside in a more defensive midfield role nevertheless the, the right side remains completely open in possession so if you if we can toggle back a little just oh, go back. Go, yeah go back so look, look where Jansen, Jansen's position on the right side right on the top of the box here um in in this shot and then the next one Go to the next. See how Jansen moves forward and centrally to midfield. Um, this is this is a common a common theme amongst amongst like um, defenders. A lot of managers are using defenders to step up into the defensive midfield role in order to push that line of confrontation further forward, which is really interesting. We've seen uh, João Cancelo do it. Um, we've seen other players do it. There have been rumors of of Trent doing it, although I haven't really. It's, it's a little bit different with Trent. Um, but I, I just wanted to highlight that. We, we can move on. I believe we're on to the Villa match. Yeah, well done. Okay, so against Villa, um, we see the possession triangles shift as the deep one goes more central. So the, the possession triangle is, is really right in the middle. Again, Ethan Pinnock with the, with the most passes in this match. Um, Brentford are drawing teams to them. Uh, then using the interplay of Ayer and Canos on the right, and more recently Norgard in the middle to penetrate opposing defenses. Now notice the heavy passing on the right-hand side between David Raya, uh, Jansen, Ayer, and then and then Canos is usually in space. 
it's designed to to uh, to get him space on that right hand side. Um, but uh, the the deep line possession could be the most impressive thing that I've seen from Brentford because it's worked. Because a, a lot of teams that come up from the championship, right, they don't have the technical ability or the or the movement required in the Premier League to maintain possession in deep areas, and it's actually quite dangerous. But I think Brentford have done it really really well. So Premier League teams have that are kind of that have confidence playing against Brentford because they're a promoted side will push into that triangle. And then that's when Brentford will kind of go around them, um, usually on the right-hand side to get the ball forward to um, to link the play through us, uh, Sergi Canos. Um, know, know how important Pinnock is. He has the most passes in, in the match against Villa, the most progressive passes received, um, and the most centrality. Um, so he he's, Pinnock is very much the, the Brentford's creative hub, which, which is quite interesting for, for a player at his position. Yeah, absolutely useless asset for FPL at the moment. Absolutely useless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. This is, I forgot where this is, this is FPL, right? Yeah. <laughs> I stick to what I'm good at. It's not FPL. Um, and then, I mean, just just like Watford, um, Brentford throw a, a cog in all, in all of my observations. And, and the, the match against uh, Brighton is, is where all the patterns go to shit. Um, Raya is the Raya is the highest for XG chain in uh, uh, total, which is a total XG of every play the player is involved in. The front triangle. Uh, hold on a second. Mm, yeah, the front triangle has shifted to the left in this one. Um, you know that there's absolutely no action on that right hand side. Um, but there's so much. There's so many weird things going on. Right, Raya is the highest for XG chain. The front front triangle, which is played on the right all season, shifted to the left. Ayer is somehow a le- ahead of Canos, and uh, so so they've swapped positions almost. My my sense is that Brentford found a, a pocket um, <coughs> between wait between oh between the Brighton mid and their back three, um, and that's why that's why the you know Mbomo is playing higher than Tony. Um, but I, but I really don't know what happened in this match. To be perfectly honest, uh, they must have seen something and gone for it. So we can move on to the next. Strikes me that uh, Tony and Bueno they play very very close together. Very close together, and and I will talk about them what their relationship is. And and sometimes Mbomo is is higher up the field than than Tony. Oftentimes they're right next to each other on average. Um, but they are meant to do different things in different areas of the field, which I'll get to. Yeah. Uh, so the last match here against uh, against Wolves, um, we see how Norgard really controlled the midfield against Wolves. He uh, he he had the most passes in this game and and the most progressive uh, most progressive passes. Um, he also had the most centrality. He's really really. In, I mean Norgard and Mbomo, pardon me, um, and Mbomo were really the focal points. Um, Brentford maintained their, their possession triangle in their own half, but linked play through central midfield rather than the right side. Um, it's the furthest apart we've seen Ayer and Canos. Look how on, on the right-hand side, look how far apart they are. Canos is really pushed forward. Ayer is really holding back almost on an island um, on that right side. So we'll, we'll see kind of like the, the results of this. Um, 
Is that the one you want? Oh, we, yeah, there's the pattern. You're, you're breaking up a little bit. I'm still struggling to hear you. So I'm sorry, guys, if, if I'm struggling to, to – you're breaking up, yeah, but everybody else can hear you, but I can't. Okay. So hopefully it seems like I'm not breaking up, but I think we've got some gremlins at this end today. We'll deal with the gremlins. They're um, <laughs> <laughs> always lurking, giving us thumbs down. Um, yeah. So another thing to note is how close Tony and Bumo play, um, like you mentioned. Um, they are in similar areas and do similar things, albeit, albeit at different times. They both drag defenders horizontally to open space for Canos on the right. Um, they also provide a focal point of penetration. Um, when comparing the two, the passing map shows us that Tony is much more involved in the gameplay. Look how many more passes Tony is involved. Um, for, the, for the podcast listeners, I have two passing maps up. On the left-hand side, we have uh, Tony, and on the right-hand side, we have Mbumo. And the passing map for Tony is just a, just a lot more lit up. He is a more uh, focal point of, of the attack. If we go to the next slide, we see the passes received heat map from FF Scout. Um, and it shows us that they receive a similar number of passes, but Mbomo receives them on the right side. And the right side of the field is an area that, that uh, Bradford have designated for space. So Tony's job, while he's involved more in the play and is probably more of a focal point in the team, his job is much more difficult on the left-hand side because he's typically under pressure. The right-hand side, as we saw in, in the passing maps, is designed to just be pure space, which is why we've seen Canos like, just, just flying, flying in acres of space. That can be Mbomo as well. Um, and, and it would speak to Mbomo as an asset, but if we go to the next side, well, the next slide shows that basically that that Tony can he can deal with that pressure. Um, the nice thing about Tony is that he can withstand the pressure, and his and his finishing can certainly make up for that added difficulty. Tony and Mbomo have similar stats, except in a couple of areas that favor Tony. Um, these areas are assist potential and finishing, which is the, the shots on target um, that that we see there. And so this is this is the uh, the player comparison on FF Hub. Um, and Bomo has more big chances than Tony, which reflects the area of the field that he plays. He has more big chances because there's more space on that right-hand side. Um, and and the they are Brentford are set up to get Mbomo in, in that space. But when Tony gets a chance, he can certainly do more with it as he's better at getting shots on target. And Tony is much more of a creator, as we see with the um, the elevated kind of XA and big big chances created and, and through balls. Um, so that, that, that's the comparison there. I, I think, I think both could be, could be good assets and that at the right times. Um, and, and, and this is all provided Brentford stay in their three, five, two, this is a three, five, two analysis only not their four, three, three. I was going to say, it's probably not the right time at the moment because of the, uh, the fixtures turning, should Correct. we say quite nastily, uh, for against them, you know, Liverpool at home, West Ham away, Chelsea at home, Leicester at home, next four before Burnley. So, um, but I, I still own Tony and I think I'm going to start him this weekend. Mm. I, I think he's, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, Tony, Tony's a start. If you own him, I say he's a start yeah. pretty much every why, why play him? Why own him if you're not going to start him? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so he's definitely, he's definitely playing. And uh, I, I think he might get something as well. There we go. We'll come on to that in a bit. <laughs> so Gabe that's that's great um I'm just looking if there's any some comments in here um FPL Dallas uh I came here to learn how ineffective Sar is against a back five 
I'm not sure if that's hope or or, or a genuine question. I mean, I, I think the hope is that it's a back that it's a back five, and the fear is that it's a back three. If it's a back three, you're fucked. It's a back five. Um, there's hope. Yeah, and uh, also comment about Pinnock. He's been picking up the bonus points. He's been mopping bonus points up if they keep a clean sheet. Um, which and, well, and that's that's the thing with with players like Pinnock. I think you have to play them every single game week. It's it's like uh, like like the West Ham assets last season, they, may, they maybe didn't have the best defense, but when they kept a clean sheet, like I think Pinnock is going to wrap them up every single game because he is the, the hub, the creative hub. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's remarkable, isn't it? The, the, are they, are they going to be the Sheffield United of this season? I think, they've honestly... Got the same, they've got the same kit. They've got the, That's right. They, I, I honestly think they could be. The reason I think they could be is because they can link play from the deep triangle to the forward triangle through the um, through the right wing back, or they can link it through central midfield now as well with Norgard. I think Norgard's been doing playing really, really well. Um, so just to have that flexibility, I, I think shows sustainability. Cool, cool. All right. Well, thank you very much. And you can pick more information on. It's also been on all about FPL lists, isn't it? Yes. Uh, it's also been published there, and it's also on Twitter. If you want to go and look at the uh, the, the remarkable gifts that Gabe's been posting this week, <laughs> I do have fun with the gifts. Yeah, I know. I saw. I did. I did notice. Anyway, so whilst we're all whilst we're on about all about FPL, I'm just going to exercise my vocal cords for a second, and uh, just say, what are you waiting for? Are you craving more FPL content? Then look no further than allaboutfpl.com. Head over there for weekly articles from some of the top content creators on the planet. So what are you waiting for? Head over to allaboutfpl.com, the website for all your FPL needs. And I see Surya was on uh, on the who got the assist. He was. Uh, Pod this a, week. It was a great show. He did a great job on that show. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to apologize to Tom. I haven't got around to it yet. I've been too busy having COVID tests. I might try and listen to it tomorrow on a walk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. I don't know. Things you've got to do to make your son. Um, anyway, right. The engine room. So, this is where we're going to do the fixture difficulty. And as always, I'm going to rattle through this for you. Um, but it's been a couple of weeks since I've been here, obviously. So a few things have changed. Um, not least, I think um, we're doing the fixed difficulty when we're actually live rather than not, perhaps. Is that right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's... <laughs> I'm only joking, my friend. Um, let's have a look where we are with respect to current fixed difficulty uh, and the teams, both attack and defence, uh, home and away. So let's start with the home attacks. So remember, for the benefit of the uh, podcasters, uh, naught is good, seven is bad. It fits around Ben Krellin's system. And of course, uh, for people watching, green's good, red's bad. So and there's also a column which is VAR or VAR. It's not, it's not the video, video referee. And that tells you, were they the teams are actually whether green suggests that they're improving red suggests they're getting worse and again i'll I'll talk about that as we go it is still a relatively small set of numbers but we will see how it goes anyway 
So, okay, so currently, attack-wise at home, City and Liverpool won very good. Then a gap, quite a considerable gap, actually, to Manchester United 2.1, Chelsea 2.5 and Everton 3. Of course, Manchester United 2.1, not much of that data, has Cristiano Ronaldo playing for them. So that might that might rectify itself in the coming weeks. Uh, from the bottom up um, at home attack, um, Brentford the bottom, even after all you've said, Brentford the bottom, Gabe, 4.4, Norwich 4.3, Palace 4.3, Wolves 4.1, Southampton 4. Um, now, who is improving? Well, Manchester United are improving. They've improved by 2.5 for this section, which is the start of this season. Um, probably, the, oh, well, not probably, definitely the Ronaldo factor. Four big chances per 90 and an XG of 2.5 per 90 at home. Um and also, interestingly enough, and you know, stop the press, Hibbo. I'm going to come back to you. You're going to get it today. Crystal Palace. They, well, they've improved by 1.9. Uh, let's face it; they couldn't have got any worse because they broke the metric the opposite way last year, didn't they? Mm. But you know, could it be Gallagher? Could it be the Gallagher factor? And also, uh, um, our friend from Celtic, who's esca- whose name escapes me. Um, <laughs> to- Hello. Edward. Yeah, yeah Edward. 2.5 big chances per 90 and 1.5 uh, XG per 90 as well. So, you know, Crystal Palace are still down there, but they are improving. They are showing some green shoots of recovery. Um, no doubt because of the Selhurst Park factor, which is a thing that I made a big thing of at the start of the season or pre-season about fans, um, how important it is there. Um Okay, and worse, who's got worse? <laughs> my new, my the, the, the attack dog is going to get released again today. Last week it was Arsenal. I, I, the last time I was on, I was getting Arsenal. This week, it's Leicester. I'm going to get after Brodge. Why Please. on earth isn't Ineacho playing? They have got worse by 3.1. They have a 0.5 big chances per 90 at home and an XG of 0.7 per 90. You know, has he been on the source or something? What on earth has gone wrong with Ineacho? He was, apparently he said he didn't want to play extra time the other other night because it was cold. I actually thought he broke the net in absolute, he nearly broke the net with that shot. It It was such a powerful shot. I reckon he's so pissed off with Rodgers. It's like, right, you know what? Fuck you. I'm just going to smash this. <laughs> I mean, and, and rightly so. I, th- I think Rogers is making a fool of himself this year, this season. If the, the owners, the, the Leicester owners, I mean, they should be furious. What? Why Why aren't you playing Iannaccio? Why did you buy Patsandaka? Why do you keep setting up the way do you do? Why did you, why do you keep playing Harvey Barnes for fuck's sake? <laughs> it's not very often i'm lost for words but i'm I'm lost for words with leicester at this moment in time i I really am i mean there's some teams who are doing poorly you can probably excuse them a little bit well a little bit you know um you know let's face it leeds haven't had a great start maybe second season syndrome but they've got harrison with covid you know they've now got no bamford as well and things like that you know, but they're also particularly bad at, at home now. 2.8, you know, 0.5 big chances and one. 
Leads are decimated. Like we, we, I, I can't, I can't bring myself to judge leads because they have no, no, none of their starters. They haven't had, they, had, they haven't been at full strength all season. I, I and, can't and, work them out. I agree. I can't work them out yet. It's too early, but I've got a feeling that there is that second season syndrome in them, and I'll come to that about defence in a minute because you're starting to see some similarities with, with what happened with Sheffield United. Um, away, um, attack, Liverpool one point one. Chelsea 1.8, West Ham 2.3, City 2.3, United 2.7. And at the bottom, reading up, Norwich at the bottom 4.8, Watford 4.5, Brighton 4.5, Everton 4.2 and Palace 4. Um, who were better? <laughs> Wolves. <laughs> but they're all fat no poo, aren't they? Traore scoring this week. I'm sure he is. I've posted uh, some. I've just posted something on Twitter this afternoon for underperformers, and Wolves were all at the top. I, you know, you know me. You know my relationship with predictions, but I'm making one. Hell's Adama is going to score, and when he scores, it's going to be a goal like he and Acho. He's going to break the fucking net. Good God! How's <laughs> it? Calling it. I'm sick I of this shit. Even, I, might even go, I might even do an impromptu live stream <laughs> if that happens. Anyway, um, yeah, so Wolves all fart, no poo. 3.5 big chances per 90, 1.9 expected goals. They've only scored one per 90. <laughs> Not very good, really. Uh, Liverpool, on the other hand, you know, they have improved their recency by 1.9, right? They're just getting better and better and better. Is it possible? It, it's quite crazy. Um, I think there's really positive signs for Halls for Liverpool at this moment in time. There's four big... They're getting, on average, four big chances per 90 and expected goals at home of 2.9 per 90. You know, there's Halls in there for sure, I think. Um, and worse, Norwich... They are 2.4 worse than predicted. Remember that we didn't have any data really to go on them. So, um, but look, <laughs> I, I'm going to talk about clean sheets in a minute. And I, and I tell you what, the moment I saw this, I thought, Greg, I'm going to have to put Everton in. <laughs> Norwich haven't created a single big chance yet. And they've only got a 0.2 XG for 90. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, sorry. Five um, matches, zero victory. <laughs> I, I think that's at home, actually. And, and the oh, other one, and I just, you know, someone said, no evil laugh for Arsenal, but here it comes. <laughs> Arsenal, 2.3, uh, getting worse, misfiring Arsenal to, at home, even against Norwich, misfiring Arsenal. 0.33 big chances, 0.6 XG per 90. So I'm sure there's green sh shoots of recovery. Uh, all you gooners, especially Bungle, who's in tonight, and, uh, and Nima, who's probably about to go and get horribly drunk at a stag do. Um, okay, um, defensively-wise, let's look at that. So, who's best defensively at home? Well, Manchester City, of course, hardly surprising. Um, 1.9, Chelsea 2, Brighton 2.2, Man United 2.5, and shut the front door, Crystal Palace, fifth for defence at three. <laughs> Take that head off. Hang on a minute. There's my chair collapsed. There's a few other things. I need to, uh, you know, we need Gareth Bale. Like we need we need the fanfare here. My, my chair just collapsed. Yeah, well, my bloody chair collapsed as well when I saw this. Hibbo, Hibbo, where are you? Are you going to own a Crystal Palace asset ever? 
we're going to be fucking with it all, all season. We are. He shouldn't we have are. said that in pre-season. <laughs> but what the fuck? Palace improved by three. Good God. Fifth in defensive ranks at home. Again, <laughs> the Selhurst Park factor. I'm convinced of it. Um, but at the bottom, reading up Norwich, 5.2. Newcastle, 4.6. Leeds, 4.3. Southampton, 4.3. And Watford, 4.2. Obviously, we've got the same caveat about the uh, the, the variance. Um, Brentford, you know, this is where we're talking about Sheffield United again. Mm-hmm. Brentford, 4.2 better than predicted. But still only 4.2. In the <laughs> that's, how bad, that's how bad you have <laughs> That's how bad we have them. Um, but interestingly, no big chances conceded at home. And, you know, 0. 0.7 ex- expected goals conceded. But let's face it, Arsenal had about 350 shots. I mean, I think if I was in the crowd behind that goal where Arsenal was shooting, I'd be suing them for damages because there's more chances being hit in the first with the ball. Because they must have missed that. I didn't watch that game, but it was ridiculous the amount of chances which were created without a single big chance. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I think there's an argument about Brentford, though, and I'm going to give it for you now. I don't think they've played a strong team yet. You know, I don't think they've played two strong, very, very strong teams. And I think, you know, when you're, when you're playing against a team like Liverpool, I think that's a different kettle of fish. Mm. Mm. I, I really do. Um, as we've said, Palace, you know, crazy. Shut the front door. Um, two clean sheets already. A nil-nil draw against Brentford. And, of course, they beat Spurs 3-0. Um, maybe Grimsby could have beaten Spurs 3-0 that day. Um, no big chances uh, conceded. And then ex- expected goals conceded at point four. Um, and as I say, Hibbel suggested never running a Palace player. Ah, I'm interested for my wild card. I am interested, guys. I, I have to say, um, I've got my BDI on a goalkeeper, perhaps. Um, okay, worse leads. Injury ravaged. Sheffield United-esque second season incoming. What happened to Sheffield United? They had defensive disasters with injuries, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Look what's happening to Leeds. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. You know, I just see the similarities. I, 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 I hope I'm wrong because I love Leeds. I think they're a great team to watch. One of my favourite teams to watch. But I am very worried. 3.5 big chances conceded. 18th at home. Expected goals conceded 2.9 at home last you know, Antonio, oh my goodness. Newcastle, plus 2.7. Um, goalkeeper issues, only one fit out of three. No clean sheets at home as yet. Conceded seven in three. 3.67 big chances and, expe- and you know, 2.8 expected goals conceded. You know, and here's one for you, Gabe, and there's one for the, for the home and away side of things. Mm. Away, poorer numbers. Right, home factors I think are starting to factor in quite now. We're starting to see it now. And what I did is I totaled up the top five for both: eleven point six for home, thirteen point seven for away. That averages two point three average for home top five defense and two point seven for the away average top five defenses. Seventeen mm. percent. Let's keep an eye on that seventeen percent number. Um, I, my- I think at the, at, in preseason we talked about the home and away and. Wasn't it around 
you know, there was that study that was done in, in the, and it was reported in the Spanish media um, and I talked about it and I think it was, I'll have to go back and look at that study because I think it was like 15%. So the 17% is really interesting because it's right on with that study. Yeah, so let's see how it goes. But, you know, I don't know quite how we're going to apply it, whether we even apply it to the captain symmetric or not yet. I don't know. We might, mm. it might be something worse worth thinking about i don't know because i think home and away is as, as i said my biggest worry about the metrics and the algorithms this year was the way that it was going to treat home and away um I, for sure i um, think maybe maybe one way to apply it is to apply it based on like for example if, if we're talking about um a i don't know a chelsea player right let's just say lukaku lukaku for captaincy home and, and this this is defense but um um if we're talking for captaincy home and away, we look at the home is 2.0, the away is 2.5, and maybe add that qualifier specific to each team. Yeah. I mean, it does take the fixture difficulty for the home and away games, so it should take it into account. Mm. But all the same, it's, it, is a, it is a bit of a concern a bit, really. Um, let's quickly look at um, defence away. Um, so we've got City again at the top, 2.1, Chelsea 2.5, then a gap, Wolves, Arsenal, Everton. Um, and at the bottom, reading up, Palace still bad away. <laughs> I think that's just a. I think that's just a legacy factor, quite honestly. Um, Newcastle four point six, Burnley four point three, Leeds, Southampton, Norwich four point two. Who's better, Wolves? Uh, two point eight improved. They haven't conceded a single big chance away, uh, and point uh, and zero point six expected goals conceded per ninety. West Ham have improved as well. 0.5 big chances only and 0.9. And worse, um, well, Arsenal, 2.3. But they've improved a bit now because they didn't get a clean sheet at Burnley. But they're still conceding 2.67 big chances on average and 1.9 expected goals conceded. So there's a way to go before they become uh, an interesting asset for me. Although, you know, I know there's discussions about Ramsdale, certainly in our WhatsApp group, which was quite entertaining. Um, <laughs> God forbid fucking Arsenal sign a player because Nima's all of a sudden Nima treats that player like his son or something. He's so protective. <laughs> I love it. Oh, and, Bur- and Burnley um, have got worse. But, the, but to be fair, you know, Burnley getting worse. They played Liverpool away and Everton away. And now they're playing Leicester yeah. away. You know, three big chances, but ex- expected goals considered 2.4. But let's face it, unless any actual plays, <laughs> it might be a long day for it. It might be a long day for Leicester. I don't know. Can, can, um, I, just, can I just remark on the kind of the, the conversations in the Twitter community um, around, around Wolves, right? Um, basically, everyone's unloading their Wolves assets, but Wolves are showing positive in the variance for both. Uh, attack and defense they are getting better in attack and get and improving in defense as well yet the yeah we're talking about them as as if they're bad assets we're disappointed with Semedo because just because of because Brentford manhandled them in, in the one match and 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 honestly Brentford really only dominated that match after Traore hit the hit the crossbar if that ball goes in I think that match is completely different and and the conversation totally changes. They they need one goal to almost they almost need one goal to set them off, don't they? Um, 
I've got a feeling I'm, I, I might even bench Semedo this week, and I don't know if I dare, but I, I don't know whether to go with that. Liver, I've got Liveramento or Semedo. That's my choice mm. for who's going who's gonna to play. It's not easy. Tell me what to do, boys, in the chat, if you don't mind. <laughs> it might help. Um, fixture difficulty really fast. I mean, look, as it stands, the best attacks, um, fixture uh, matchups between game week 7 and 13 for attack, Liverpool averaging plus 2.6, Chelsea plus 2.2, City plus 2.2. Don't need to talk anymore about that. That's where we're all going that's where we're going to have to be going, boys. Uh defensive Chelsea and City stand out 1.7 and 1.2. And if we talk about swings, Chelsea 2.6 going from this week onwards. So the point is, you know, can you wait for Chelsea? There's an argument, yes, you can. On the basis of that, because that's a really positive swing, but I look I also can see a nil-nil. I don't mean to, you know, I, I could also see a pretty cagey game as well um, this weekend. So I can't quite work out that one. Um, but yeah, so just really quickly on the on the attack for a game week seven, seven through yeah. thirteen. If if we are thinking of three premiums, and uh, the fixtures would indicate that the three premiums should be Lukaku, um, Salah, and maybe yeah. a City player. Yes. Yes, but saying that, look, Manchester, remember these fixture difficulties are pre-Ronaldo. So it's going to take a while for it to catch up. So right. I think I'd, I'd, I wouldn't want to take Ronaldo out until after these next two home games. I, I'm personally going to keep, I'm pushing my wild card back as all the time now because I'm thinking, you know, just imagine taking him out and then watch him go completely mental against Everton. I mean, against anyone. It, All right, it, it, happen, it happened against anyone. Another team who's swinging with attack, a swinging or improvement in attack, Southampton. So maybe Armstrong might be quite a nice third enabler. He's certainly on my radar. Um, and they're, they're about to enter a green patch, right? I think they so are. Like well, week nine. well, if you could call it green, but yeah, they're still red-ish, but the greener. Greener, sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're always going to be red because they're it's not a top they're entering, attack. A, they're entering a white patch. <laughs> Fair, but then, I, I guess uh, but they're playing weaker opposition. They, they, they it's it's not totally green because they're not a prolific attack. But don't give me a bloody uh, official FPL bloody green green fixture for Southampton, not with a fixture difficulty to win. No, my, my point is their fixtures are improving as starting... I think in game week nine, if I'm not mistaken, and I think Armstrong. Uh, game week nine: Burnley, Watford, Villa, Norwich, and then Liverpool. So Burnley's easy. Watford's medium, I, I, I would say. Um, but but I think Adam Armstrong is very interesting, and I think El Yunusi is also very interesting. Yeah. Match. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so that's that, and now we're going to look at the zonal matchups, which is our baby game. We love this. Yeah, our our, our love child. Um, yeah, our love child. Um, so how does it work? Well, we work out how many chances, for example, Arsenal created down there right per 90 so far this season against how many chances that Spurs have conceded down there left per 90. And we average them. Not very scientific. <laughs> <laughs> and then what I do is I put my usual colours in. Green means good and red means bad. All right. So let's look at the matchups by zone for this week. Who looks good? Well, Liverpool, Mane and Robbo down the left. Plus five. They're expecting five chances. 
down the left on the basis of the data available. Arsenal, now Tierney's flagged, isn't he? I'm sure he is. Um, I wrote it down. Tierney's flagged. So I'm not sure who's going to be playing down there left further up. Probably might be Aubameyang, might it? He tends to drift out, doesn't he? I, I think I think there's we'll have to, we'll have to get actually Bungle if Bungle collect yeah, yeah, Bungle, so Bungle. I, I think I think Obama Yang was, could stay central, um, but I, I I don't feel qualified to answer that question. Yeah, well, no, me neither. Bungle answer the question for us, please. Who who would we use? <laughs> what the hell? It's, it's our test tube, baby. It was that. Like so for our zonal matchups, it's, it's, it's our love. Oh, right. okay. I was going to say, I'm confusing the living daylights out of me. Anyway, I hedged my bets game because Arsenal have also got a good matchup. For, so, sorry, let me finish on the left side. Sorry. Yeah. Arsenal 4.5, West Ham 4.5. Um, so Cresswell, four nails. Ben Rama, if he drifts out there, which he does a bit, doesn't he? The thing is, what, um, I would, what I would do is I would compare it to the matchups on the other side, on um, in the center and the right, right? So four point yeah. five versus four point four is about the same for West Ham. So I don't think the lean, the lean on the no, left side necessarily. They've just got good matchups. They've just got very good matchups because let's face it, Leeds aren't very good. Right. Um, that's, but if you look at Liverpool, yeah, Liverpool, there is a difference. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Liverpool noticeably. So Liverpool five left. 3.8 centre, 3.8 right, as you said. Um, down the centre, whether if Aubameyang plays in the centre, he'll do all right, because Arsenal 4.7. Antonio 4.4, West Ham. And Manchester United 4.3, Ronaldo. You know, again, this is... <laughs> this is not all data with him, right? <laughs> so it could get even better. Uh, I, I, do, that, I do want to point out just... just... With, in that comparison that you made with Arsenal and West Ham, the, all the talk this week is, is about West Ham assets, and rightly so, because these are, are so poor. Yeah. But according to, to this FDR, Obama yeah. has a better matchup than, than Antonio. Yes, that's actually true. Actually, Arsenal have, very good ma- have a very good matchup against, against Spurs. Spurs, which is very really... Yes. So I, I think just, just to... We, we can easily be swayed with, with kind of like the, the flow of conversation on Twitter and we can be influenced by that. And we should use the numbers just to kind of like reset, bring us back to reality and be like, okay. Because I've, I've thought about taking hits and stuff just to get Antonio back. And then I look at, I look at my team and I look at the match and I'm like, wait, I, you know, I can chill. There are other players. Antonio probably will return, but there are other players that will return as well. Yeah. We'll come on to the captaincy in a few minutes. Um, so we'll see what that what that said. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I think we've done that. We've just left centre and right. Yeah, we have. Right, okay. Um, obviously, the right? No, I didn't. Right, Arsenal's right again. Still pretty good. West Ham. West Ham's right after I sold Kufal. God help me. What did I do? Leeds haven't got any bloody defence left. And they haven't got any attack. And I sold Kufal last week. Shot. Yeah, Man United as well on the right. Four point three Greenwood. Um, sorry about the sigh there, the deep sigh. I can sense a, I can sense a rant coming next week. Um, <laughs> longer range, uh, left side, uh, City, four point five. So that's between seven and ten. Uh, Liverpool and Manchester United down the left as well. Positive, uh, as are relatively positive are Liverpool. Uh, so that's Liverpool, Man U, Arsenal, Chelsea as well. Um, down the centre, Manchester United, Wolves. 
still have very good matchups for the coming weeks and Arsenal. So Aubameyang, again, the, his matchups look pretty good. And on the right, my note says Wolves, Traore, exclamation mark, ha ha. That's all it says <laughs> in my notes. Is that a, that, that sounds like an evil ha ha. God help us. Um, Manchester United down the right. Greenwood. So Greenwood. I mean, the worry is, of course, is Greenwood. He looked. He looked a different player when he was pushed out to me. But there's still out. There's still an argument to say that he might do okay because the matchups are are pretty reasonable out there. That's if he still gets the minutes, of course. Arsenal, Liverpool on the right. Um, yeah, and the variants, I think we're just going to expect more from Chelsea's left and Southampton's right. There we go. That's what I'm going to say. So, um, with respect to variances, I think Chelsea left, left centre and right and Southampton's right, sorry, I should say. So, that's the matchups. Um, this week's fixtures, this is where we start getting into the, the fixtures themselves. Liverpool have the best matchup on paper considerably better mm. than West Ham United Watford at Leicester defensively Palace Palace <laughs> <laughs> Palace have the best matchup I think there was a there was a shout in the chat for Joel Ward for Ballon d'Or oh my god <laughs> now we're in the game I'm just pleased Ferguson in fit or nearly. Don't talk to me about that bloke from last year. Uh, <laughs> Everton, Everton 1.4, United 1.3. Not great, right? And these, this is what stands out to me this week. The defensive matchups, the highest number is 1.5, and that's Palace. I don't see many clean sheets. I might be wrong, but my gut feel tells me not many clean sheets. Um, <laughs> that's one reason why I'm playing three four three four three. Mm. <laughs> I'm not playing four at the back this week. No chance. Um, average. I mean, look, if Trent's fit, two point one average. You know, but goodness me, are they going to keep a clean sheet? Robertson as well down that left. Man United, sure for good sake, God's sake, man. Either score or pretend to pull a fetlock and have a rest through the international break and come back firing, lad, because you're knackered, in my view. That's my perspective, anyway. He's not going to score. So, okay, let's keep cracking. So, predicted two and a half goals. We've, we've done most of this, so we can just talk very quickly through these and get to the captaincy and then get out of here. So, Liverpool against Brentford. Uh, according to uh, Abdul's data, which I always refer to, uh, predicted uh, Liverpool for two and a half goals is 48% highest. Um, Brentford rank 15th in defence. They are green with respect to the, their um, variants, of course, but there's no starting point in Liverpool for a first attack away. The matchup benefits Liverpool's left, Gabe. You've already, we've already said that. Five chances per 90. 3.8 centre and right. Cross is looking to rein in from the right, not so from the left. Um, I don't think I see a Liverpool clean sheet. However, that's why I'm playing Tony. Um, otherwise, I would probably have gone for the hauler from Liverpool this week, and I would probably have gone with Robertson. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but you've got someone you want to talk about in this game, haven't you? I do. Yes. So this is the alchemist pick for this week. And the quote for the week is, you've got to find the treasure so that everything you've learned along the way can make sense. Uh, Paulo Coelho, of course, the author of The Alchemist. And this week's alchemist is Sadio Mane. Uh, so when, when, I, when I spoke about Brentford, every passing mat um, showed an empty right side. Um, and, and that's where we're empty Brentford's right side. We, we saw um, Ayer uh, kind of an, on an island out there. And so Brentford have conceded the fifth most chances from the right, which is 21 chances compared to the fourth fewest chances from the left, 11, and the second fewest from the center, also 11. I think the tactics and the stats lead me to this week's Alchemist. Um, Sadio Mane has returns in four straight matches. If he can get to Jansen, I think he could have a field day, and I like him for a double return this week. I, and I've you, I've stolen mercilessly stolen your alchemist for my captaincy pick on Fantasy Football Titan as well. You've sold it to me completely, Love and it. I was too and I was too damn lazy to do any other research. <laughs> <laughs> so I went with that. I mean, to, to be fair, if if you would have gone with the alchemist pick every single week, uh, you would have done okay, except for last week, which was Reese James, and he was. <laughs> I'll only go for one which is a captaincy shout. I'll only go for one which is a captaincy shout, to be fair. I like it. I think it's a good shout. I've got a good feeling about him this week. Similar feeling as I had in game week 38 last year. There we go. I just wish I could get to him. I can't. Um, Okay. Next one, West Ham. For all you Antonio captainers or thinking of captainers, I have predicted two and a half goals. I think Leeds are just decimated. Um, It's a way, yes. The odds don't suggest it. Only 14%, according to FPL Sala, um, for two and a half goals or more. But look, Leeds' defensive frailties are all to see. You've got fit and rested Antonio. What's not to like? Um, Leeds rank 18th at home uh, with a fixed difficulty of 4.3. They're out of form because that defensive VAR's bright red look. Um, And West Ham's attack is ranked third, 2.3, and in form. So everything points to chances spread evenly across the pitch for West Ham. Um, perhaps the right for more for the source for the source of crosses. God help me. Um, and that's my worry. I think I, God, Kufal could he be the could he be the one who actually turns up and does something this week? I am petrified. You, you, everybody can take that. Everyone just get if it happens, get on Twitter and rip me apart. Flog <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, we're going to go with West Ham. We're also going to go with Manchester United for two and a half goals. Um, They're they're predicted to be 37% for two and a half goals or more. Uh, They're ranked third, uh, 2.1, with a positive uh, variance. So they're in form. Villa, 3.8. Not too bad. 12th and improving. But they've got injuries. They've got targets out, probably. And, uh, oh God, I'm going to have to try and pronounce this. Is it Twanzebi or Twanzebi or I've done his bloody name. He can't play against, he can't pay, pay against his parent club either. Mm. So they're depleted a little bit. Um, Cross is more likely from the right. Maybe a Greenwood assist, please God. Um, but it could easily be another... It, it could easily be another hammering here. I've got a funny feeling. And remember, and this is the thing where our... There's been so many changes... 
to teams this season. It's been a really exciting time, hasn't it? And I think what you're seeing is when players like Ronaldo comes in, it can pull previous histories of fixture difficulties and things like that just apart. Mm-hmm. It can just wreck it. So I'm going with it. Even though it's only 1.6, it's just a little bit low. But I think if we looked at them more recently, I think they're a two and a half goal or more chance. And, and I think that the more recent lens is the bar. That That's why you include that bar, right? Because then yeah. just in case the historic data is, is outdated, we know it is outdated, then we have that to rely on, which is yeah. really, I, I love that little feature there. I think that's the best way to do it because then at least we can look at it and say, right, okay, how are we doing? You know, because what we had to do last year is we had to try and justify it, didn't we? I just noticed that the sun just came up. The oh, up lovely. The sun has just come up in Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona. It's like... Right. And, and, and shut the front door. Clean sheet. <laughs> I couldn't risk it. I couldn't leave it out, could I? You put Palace in there. 31%. 31% clean sheet for Palace, right? Come on. 36% for Brighton. Could this be the nil-nil draw? I'm going with Palace to keep the clean sheet. But could it be a nil-nil draw? But hang on. This is the blood and guts local derby for yeah. South East London and Brighton, right? I used to live right near Palace. Palace and Brighton hate each other. This is going to be blood and guts. I mean, look, you could see it being a cagey affair, but the local derby tells me there could be a, there could be a few goals. Stats say low. Stats say low scoring. Derby possibly goes the other way. Let's see what happens, boys. But, but yeah, Palace, defensively home three, ranked fifth, as I said. Can't believe it. Um, with positive, they're improving. Brighton, not great attacking away from home. 4.5, 18th, but improving. Mm-hmm. That tells me, you see, if I'm going for this, I'm going to go 1 0. That mm. this would, if I was like last year, if I was predicting scores like we were on last year's Compass show, um, I know they don't do it on this year, but I would have gone with 1 0 on this one. That's typical 1 0 for me. For, um, I, I think that's what, that's what the stats are showing us here, but, but I think you kind of have to, and, and it, things change in derbies. Things, well, things yeah, to... yeah. Shane Duffy says no, according to FPL Banger. <laughs> Good call. Good call. I don't own him either, Siver, so <laughs> I didn't mention him because I don't own him. <laughs> anyway, right, so there we go. And do you know what? I've stopped short of predicting any others. I, I, I'm really maybe Everton, but there's, I'm going to come on to the hauler of the week in a second and I'm going to, and I'm going to explain what's happened. So, look, let's have some fun with the trap of the week this week. I doubt, uh, you know what, this might not happen, particularly if Ineacho gets more than 30 minutes. Uh, has to. But that's an old picture, right? But I was looking for the worst picture I could find. So it had to be one when he was at Liverpool, right? Yeah. And look at that. And he looks young. He's got some time there. Um, he's, he's, got, he's got like the, the, the Trump orange hue. He has actually, hasn't he? We've just been drinking bleach. (laughs) Let me explain why he's picking (laughs) straight into the veins, the bleach right into the veins. (laughs) Call it a vaccine. (laughs) So I love the first, but it's an old picture. Look, no Ineacho, a neutral Leicester matchup. It's neutral. There's. You know, don't ex- this. The, the numbers do not suggest the Leicester Hall. 
They do not suggest it. So I'm going to say <laughs> the trouble is Burnley are absolute crap. Really but if it's neutral against Burnley, then Leicester... That's how bad you are. <laughs> That's how bad you are. So let's have some fun at the expense of Brodge. And my notes, and I'm just going to read out my notes. Exactly. Pick Ineacho, you fool. Love Mariner. <laughs> okay. The defensive hall of the <laughs> This is where it gets even worse. There isn't one. <laughs> We couldn't find one. We, we spent half an hour yesterday talking. We couldn't find one. Uh, look, I'm going to tell you who I'm opposing. I'm opposing Liverpool defence. They've conceded one big chance per 90 and expected goals conceded a 1.1. They're at Brentford. It's going to be rocking. Tony's in form. Wouldn't be at all surprised if Liverpool don't concede. Um, I'm going to oppose Ev Everton. Attack because of injuries. So I'm thinking that you, they might get a clean sheet against Norwich, but I'm not sure that we would get a defensive hauler. Remember, we're looking for a defensive hauler here to score against Norwich. I'm not sure I see that. Um, I'm going to oppose Leicester attack, I've told you. 0.5 big chances for 19.7 XG. And I'm going to oppose Manchester United defence. They've had 1.5 big chances conceded for 90. Expected goals conceded for 1. Have you seen Watkins' numbers? It's good. Oh, very good. Well, what about uh, FPL Dallas here? So he's calling for the Samuel Hall. Probably because he owns him. <laughs> Probably, but I'll tell you who I think. Um, I'll tell you who I think. I think Armstrong's got a good chance of getting something this weekend. Mm. Um, so, it, you know what? Samedo Hall, that would probably happen, uh, Mr. FPL Dallas, because he will be on my bench. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's probably going to happen, isn't it? It's almost definite. Interesting. Look, tell us who else. who else do you think? Um, Dean won't haul is injured, I think. Um, as far as I know, he's injured. Is Dean injured? I thought he was. He, an ankle injury midweek in the cup, but we don't know his status for the weekend yet. Yeah. Reese James? Reese James, well, could you predict Could you predict a Chelsea defender will haul against Manchester City? That's, that's. I mean, I, I do think that they are like, like they a nil nil draw. I can see a nil nil draw. Yeah, but if you can see a nil-nil draw, I mean, it's 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 just a stretch because of the matchup. But if you can see a nil-nil draw, then you can see a, a James potentially return. But we're not gonna, we're not going to call it. Look, he could go in off his ass. Anything wrong with a chance? Right? Not, no, he, he's not Luke Shaw. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, right. Oh, so we do we, we do have some. Uh, have we got some comments? Dean is okay. Well, there we go. That might be the one then. That's from Ignatius Bryant. Thanks, Ignatius. That might be the one if that's the case, because I didn't know that when I did these uh, when I did these slides. To be fair, Ignatius is a fantasy Bundesliga friend, so is he? I'm glad to see him in the chat. Well, I'm I'm pleased to say that I managed to go and see Bayern Munich <laughs> thrash Bochum seven nil last weekend, so that was quite entertaining. Right. Um, actually, it wasn't. It was really boring. I don't think I'd bother going watching it again. Um, okay, we're going to have a look at the algorithm. So uh, let's keep moving. Straight into the algorithm. So who we've we got this week? Well, I think the algorithm 
Well, certainly Hibbo will think the algorithm's been to Munich and drank too much. Because the algorithm's going with Palace as well. <laughs> In yeah, fact, this is what started me thinking about Palace. The, the algorithm's actually picked two Palace defenders, but one of them's, uh, what was it? What's his name? Gwei? Gwei? I can't pronounce it. G U E H I. So tell us, tell us how you bloody say it. I don't know if it's gay, gay or gay? or, or gay. I'm not sure. Gay, gay. I don't know. Someone try and pronounce it in there. Um, let us know. But it's gone for Gator in goal as well. Um, double Wolves defence. Semedo and Mark Marcellus sub. It's gone for Trent and Cresswell. Obviously, Trent's flagged. We'll see what happens with that. Um, across midfield, Salah, Yotta, Decore, Saar. Ben Rama. No, I've got, no. Salah, Jota, Decore, Saar, and Ben Rama. Yes. Um, Salah, captain. Saar, sub. Interestingly, he's slightly lower than um, than the others. Um, I don't know why, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And up front, Ronaldo, Antonio, and Dennis. Um, Salah, I, well, captain. Sorry, guys. Salah, Salah, captain. Ronaldo, vice captain. Um, it's an interesting one because Ronaldo is already appearing on them on these metrics, you know. Yeah. But Salah captain for this for the Algo eleven, um, so that again suggests that it's coming down to this matchup. The issue is, it's away. Right, that is the challenge here. Right, mm -hmm. it's an away fixture. Is that going to have the impact on Liverpool this week? My bet is no. My bet is no. They've already put Norwich to bed quite easily away from home. It's not an easy place to go either. First game of the season, but they did it. So can they do it to Brentford? I think so. Can they finish better than Arsenal? I know so. Um, Arsenal had so many chances against Brentford. It, that's what almost what gives me the confidence. What do you think, Gabe? Couple a couple of things I want to note here. I think Ducure is above Sar because of the matchup on the left hand side. Uh, Ducure plays on the right side of central midfield, and Norwich are particularly weak on their on their left side. So uh, so I think the the Algo is probably seeing Ducure getting you know some action there. Um, it is interesting with, with Newcastle being so um, vulnerable defensively that Sarr is on the bench. <laughs> Don't ask me. I just I just do I just print what it says. Um, but yeah, let's see. Let's see how it goes. Um, but look, I, I may go through. I I I may prefer the three five two. And, and we've and we've talked about the the yeah the, actually the, the unlikelihood of a clean sheet. To be honest, I didn't think about that, I, I, but I, I could have done that. But the thing is, what I would normally do with the form, you see, because even the form's down. So I was looking for a reason to change it, but I, mm -hmm. I didn't. But anyway, so that's where we go. Let's see how we did last week. Week before last, we didn't do very well at all. Mm. Um, last, I'll, I'll update it in a couple of weeks and show how we're doing. Notice we didn't do any predictions last year, last week, so we're not, right. we've not done them this week. Um, we'll go to the captaincy. Well... What's happened since I've been away? Well, there's been two game weeks. The Antonio sending off hurt a lot, Gabe. I know it hurt you a lot because you went with the metric. I, for, for the first it's... time this season, didn't go with the metric. And I got it right because uh, I went with Ronaldo. Um, but, yeah, Antonio, minus two. Proper kick in the bollocks, that one, isn't it? 
Well, that that one, I'm I'm ranked right now about 126k. If with if I would have been, chosen a different captain, like I I went from 25 24k to 126k, I would be close to 10k. If, yeah, uh, it's without just, that captaincy. But this is why I don't like these double. I don't like these captain points. I think it, it's it's almost a bit unfair sometimes. Um, I know it's an important part of it. No, it says Salah vice captain on here. It's, it wasn't vice captain in. I just never changed it because <laughs> <laughs> I was because I was in Munich, so I forgot all about it. But, uh, but no, he was actually the captain anyway of the, of the algorithm last week, wasn't he? Yeah, I, and still, you, I, I mean, I'm still. I mean, it took me like I, I always said. It took me more than I think it took me nine game weeks last season to surpass eighty points. <laughs> so, so to do it in five. Success, but yeah, the metric's still got to do some catching up yet. I'm still confident it'll do very well, but yeah, that, that Antonio, and we'll come on to Antonio in a minute, but that's one of the concerns I've got with Antonio is he does, he is prone to blanking. It's, it's hall or blank with him, huh? Correct, correct. Okay, let's look at the captain metric, so bear with us. <laughs> and it's gone with Salah just to really confuse you boys um, it's stuck with him and I'll tell you why it's stuck with him it's stuck with him for reliability he's got a 75% return rate and a 17% haul rate he's got a good fixture difficulty of 123.8 he's got good form away from home 7.8 points per 90 he's got no rotation risk or very low rotation risk, God help me if he does, 53% predicted goal, anytime goal scorer as well from Abdul. What's not to like? Again, I know what you're going to say. You can, <laughs> we, can bring this up about, we can bring this up about Brentford, but I think, you know, I'm not saying he may not be the highest scorer of the game week, but what I'm saying is, this is the sort of week sometimes the metric just needs to return. You know, you need that return from the captaincy as well, don't you? Ronaldo, on the other hand, we haven't got anywhere near as much data, of course, right. but he's already on Salah's coattails with a, with a poorer fixture difficulty. Um, I think watch this space with him. Um, he's obviously got 50% haul, 100% return, poor fixture difficulty for this week, nothing like Liverpool's matchup. Nothing like good form, 7.7, low rotation oh. risk, 61% chance of any time goal scorer, yeah. which, which has pricked my ears up, quite frankly. Um, Mane, third, the alchemist. He's got a 75% return rate now. You know, people are saying, oh, Mane's finished. 75% return rate. Mane's not finished for his FPL asset. 8% haul, that's the problem. Good fixture, as we said, 7.4 form, 43% chance of any time scoring. And here's Antonio, 42% haul chance, but only a 50% return chance. So it's all or nothing. Is that going to be, is it going to be all or is it going to be nothing? There is nothing in between. 
And that's why the metric doesn't like it because it looks at it, looks at it a little bit. It sees the fixture difficulty a little bit, I'm sure. It looks at everything and it's, it's turning out that number. Look, his, his numbers are great, but the matchup is not quite as good. Can and, I say something about the matchup? Sorry, sorry, finish this. Yeah, sorry, yeah. And of course, I think the, the fact that he's not returning as, you know, if he's blanked six in 12, that's a concern for me as a captain, as a captain pick. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to mention the thing about the matchup. It seems like Salah's matchup is easier. The FDR is certainly easier. But I would say that the Brentford that Salah is facing this weekend is not the Brentford from the championship. And this is pulling historic data. And so I think it's, it's, well, it's, not, it's not really. It's not really. It's, it's pulling data from predicting against the others it's the others so it's predicted against norwich and watford so we tried to fit brentford in the middle so yeah it's tough it it is a little bit this is you're right you've got a good point there that that might pull it a little bit but what gives me the confidence that liverpool are okay is their positive variance right that's what gives me the confidence there. Um, there was a question from Donny. The, the rotation risk is never ne negatively affecting Antonio. You're right, it is. It's a mistake. It's not a mistake, Donny, but I couldn't change it in the... I couldn't program it out in time. It's because of his sending off, but it only changes from 83 to 85. I've recalculated it manually, so it still doesn't take him top. Good point, though. But okay, great sure. point and, well, good spot. Um, does the metric take the home game into factor? It does with respect to expected points because the expected points from the last fixtures are pulling from whether it's a home fixture or whether it's home or away. So you will see, for example, sometimes Mane and Salah might get very close. If they've got similar numbers, Mane and Salah might swap depending on home and away. It, it has happened It has happened before. Um, Sorry, I just, there's, a, there's a comment by Pavan here in the chat. No, no, says, this is great. But, but this Leeds defense is without many of their starters. Calvin might play as a center back. West Ham could run riot as Bielsa won't back down no matter what. I think this idea that Bielsa won't back down no matter what is is false or or isn't necessarily true. Let's put it that way. I don't know that it's false because it's in the he's, future. Um, maybe what he needs. He's lost so many games. Maybe what he's going to do is actually play quite an insular sort of game. We saw it happen last season. Less deeper in the field, and and they created more space for their front players, right? Yeah. Um, now, without without Bamford, without Bamford to kind of pull the the you know create space in the, in, in the middle, what they might do is go back to that style of play, and that that style of play is defensively more sound. Now, the point remains that that with with replacement level players in there, West Ham could still run right. Of course, I'm not saying that they can't. Nobody's but, saying that. And, and this is the other point, Gabe, and this is why if I, d I don't know um, if Pavan's – I don't think he's new. I think he's been around for a while on that, Paul. I'm sure he has. And I'm sure he'll, he knows what I'm going to say next. This is just stats. Yeah. This doesn't take into account everything. This doesn't take into account Ronaldo because a lot of the fixture difficulty doesn't take into a Ronaldo. It doesn't take into account all these Leeds injuries, Strike, Lorente, and Ailing. It doesn't take that into account. It doesn't take into account Antonio's rested in the form of his life. It does take into account he's in the form of his life. But it doesn't take into account he's rested. You know, these are the sort of things that you've got to decide for yourself. Yeah. Now, 
I'm in a fortunate position in many senses this week because I own Salah, Ronaldo and Antonio. So at least, and I think a lot of us do. So it's not going to kill you. Now, so what am I going to do this week? I'm going to back Ronaldo. And the reason I'm going to back him is partly because of my rank, which is around 9K, and EO. I, I'm looking at expected ownership. I think he's going to be highly captained. And we can see that from even our own little poll, which 56% of our um, poll suggested they were going to captain Ronaldo. It could be even, you know, if you think about the masses, right? Who are people? Who are the masses going to captain this week? Probably Ronaldo, is my view. It'll be very interesting to see what happens in the top ten k when 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 we drift over past uh, deadline. But look at this: so Ronaldo top fifty six, Antonio twenty four, Salah nineteen. This will be the first week that I don't go with the metric. Yeah, and well, that's my second actually. But normally, last year, I was chasing the metric all the time. This time, I'm in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> the metric's chasing you. The metric's chasing me for once. But anyway, look, the metric is the metric. We'll still keep posting it. We'll still keep, um, you know, seeing if we can improve it in any way. I'm not too worried about it at the moment. But I have to say, we did say with Antonio, it was the blank was going to come. He's not going to score 500 points a season. Right? It was going to happen at some stage. But, you know, to not pick him on the basis of the fact he's returned, what, three in three or four in four, then, you know, it's it's not it's a flawed thought process, in my opinion, as well. Um, let's see how this idiot cat does this week. <laughs> so he, he was giving Salah, Antonio and Ronaldo. So let's see who this fool picks. What you can't see because there's no sound is there's a bird there's a bird outside. <laughs> is that what he was looking at? <laughs> <laughs> he went with Ronaldo. Someone just asked, how's the cat compared to the metric? He is 60% as well. He blanked the first two and he's got the last three. Although, no, actually, he's not. He's 50% because we never did the last one because I was away. So, but yeah, the cat's gone for Ronaldo. So there we go. So there we go. Uh, the cat goes for Ronaldo. I'm going for I'm going for for, for Ronaldo. See you, everybody else. <laughs> see you for the cat. See you. I thought it was like see you. See you. <laughs>
I, I don't know what it means. I have no idea. What are you on about here, mate? So, okay, let's have a quick look. We've got any questions? Just a couple of minutes before we get out of here. We'll just yeah. do five minutes. Questions have been flying. <laughs> yes. Go back. We've got a few yeah. people. So, okay, so the cat's got oh, everyone's uh, everyone's saying I'm following the metric. Good luck. I hope it works. I, I genuinely do. Um, Ramanathan, should we jump on Huang He then soon? Uh, as in wolves? Yeah, wolves Huang. Nah, I still pick him in it. I don't know. I I, I think not not yet, but. De- it so might be. May, maybe keep an eye on Huang because because Huang could could provide that physical presence that Jimenez is kind of like moving in between pockets of space yeah. where where Huang will just take people out and and maybe that's what they need if if uh, whatever Laj whatever starts working for Laj that's what he's going to go with and it could be Huang without a doubt but I mean looking at those um, those numbers which I put on Twitter earlier on if anybody wants to check it out please do. Um, I posted the, uh, you know, the, the 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 numbers based on expected involvements and actual involvements and expected points and actual points, you know, and the three. What you know, Trincao, uh, obviously Treore and Jimenez are, are up there. Yeah. Right. In fact, Wolves are up there. Wolves. Yeah. You know, yeah. you could have a lot of fun. It's 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 seriously looking at them. Another question from Ramanathan. Uh, can Batman start this week? I'm worried for Melier. <laughs> so you own both. So on, on the on the Batman front, I'm going to refer back to our friend again at sixth goal on on Twitter. He's he's from preseason. He's been clamoring for Foster for the 38 year old Foster to start. That's how bad Batman is. Um, Batman. We we spoke of his XG prevented. Um, last week, um, he had, I think he had a better game recently, but, uh, but I, I, I think it's Foster's spot. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Ramanathan. We've got one here, especially, especially for Nick. Is Greg going to hold on black? Um, for, for, so Akeem, just so you know, on, on this show from now on, we refer to him as that prick Greg. That's, uh, yes, that prick gray. That prick gray. That prick gray for all the pricks on Twitter. It ruined my day. I. So I think Norwich are, Norwich are more vulnerable on their left hand side, unfortunately for Gray. But Norwich aren't good anywhere. So so I think I think it's reasonable to expect something from. Them. We're going to have to do 30 seconds. We've got 30 seconds. We've got loads of questions. So I'm literally going to go. Quick fire. Quick fire. Are we ready? Is Townsend a better option? Townsend a better option? Gray. According to Nick, definitely. Norwich is very bad defensively on the left side. What do you reckon? This week, yes. And he's on uh, some set pieces. So, yes. Okay. Here's another one from Masha. Liveramento or White? Liveramento. Who do I start? Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, I think I would probably go that. Right, next one. Traore or Armstrong? So everyone's got everyone's got assets from this game, right? Yeah, I've got yeah. two. Uh, Traore. Yeah. Um, I think, do you know what? I, I think I probably would. Because as I say, I've got this thing in my head that it's only a matter of time before he scores. 
Yeah, we, it's funny we just said Livermento and now we're saying Traor. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake, I don't know. Anyway, I'm still in German time zone. Thoughts on Townend or Decore for this game week? So they have Townend or Decore? I, I like both of them. Uh, I, I like Decore more as a player, so I might favor him just because of some bias, but I like both of them on that right-hand side. This is a good question. If I had two transfers, which I don't, I'd be interested in this one because I'm thinking I'm not probably going to make two. Tra- I probably won't make a transfer this week. Sell Yotta for Saar. Probably going to sell Yotta next week anyway. Interesting. Makes me think about that. I mean, he with one transfer, no. If you have two transfers and need to use one, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, for FPL Banger, is Bamford to Dennis too short-sighted? <laughs> if if you're planning on an, on a wild card soon, then then no. Uh, the, the, the you know the thing about Dennis, as as people have mentioned, is that he could be rotate uh, risk of rotation, but we haven't seen that yet. So, yeah. I mean, if you you, you you could go even more short-sighted and get uh, Salomon Rondon. Well, you could in a great yeah. matchup. I mean, it's a bit worrying when you start talking about replacing Bamford with Dennis and King and people like that. I mean, for and, me, and as well as... for me, Jimenez, Jimenez or Armstrong for me, if I was looking at it longer, if I'm looking at it for a longer term. I'm not into um, Jimenez, Jimenez yet. Not for me. That would be where I would go anyway. Um, here's another one. Uh, I have Webster and Ailing. Do I do James and Livermento this game, game week? Well, Ailing's out. Webster out, James and Livermento this week. I have Tierney, who is now fit, T-A-A and Shaw. Tierney's fit? Well, apparently apparently that's what Bungle said. Um, Webster and Ailing, James and Livermento. I don't know. Again, it depends. If if you have one transfer, then no, Then, then save it. If you have two transfers, then maybe as long as it's part of a, a broader plan. If you're fixing if you're fixing a hole for a longer term, then I've no problem. So replacing Ailing would be the way to do it, wouldn't it? We'd probably have, well, either. But I'd you say that, yeah. Um, they're both out. Uh, Blue Knicks. Two out of two out of Tierney, Livramento, Duffy, and Mar- Marshall. Ooh. Well. Tierney could have some fun against Spurs on that down that. I, I don't know. I, I, I think Marcel might be done. I, I don't think he. I don't think he'll start after la, after what his performance I, last I'd match. I'd probably play. I'd probably play Duffy. I'd, That's really so tough. Tierney and Duffy. I play Duffy. I think because I still think that could be nil nil. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh god, I don't, I don't know about Wolves. I, I, oh goodness me. Tierney Duffy for me. Duffy, yeah, possibly. Yeah, okay. Shaw for Rafinha, here we go. Sar for Rafinha next two game weeks even. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. we, we, don't, we don't know the status of Rafinha for this game week, do we? <laughs> Is that, well, I think, well, I think he's, we think he's, he didn't say much, did he, Bielsa? Didn't say but much. I, I think there's enough, I think there's enough doubt to, yeah, I to do it. Yeah. Uh, with Bamford out, do we think who do we think is a good replacement? I have Antonio and Tony. Is ASM or, or 
Armstrong or Rondon worth a couple of weak punts till a game week potential, uh, game week eight potential wild card. Hmm. So Maximan's playing fairly well at the moment. Armstrong's fixture against Wolves isn't great. <coughs> Rondon has a decent fixture against Norwich, but you know, I know you named your team after him. Salamon. <laughs> Rondonaldo is, a, is another way to call him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know enough about Rondon to be quite honest with you. He's um, he's a really he, he's a very underrated player. He's actually a really good number nine in a great matchup, but that's very very short term. That, that, yeah, I, I don't that's even know if that if you'll get to game week eight. He's talking a couple of week pub, but next week it's Manchester United, right? Right. So, it was, yes, yes, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Set maximum. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Can I know Cal Palo's ex prevented goals? Uh, yes, nine I, saves I, and three bonus points versus Leeds. Darlo, did you, did you uh, check it? Yes. His XG prevented is uh, minus 0.1. So neutral. Okay. All right. Let's try and just pick another couple out here because we're really rushing. We've got Akib, Puki, or ASM. ASM for me. Uh, yeah, I'll Puki. I mean, Norwich haven't created a damn thing all season so yeah asm uh <laughs> i just darlow or ramsdale i don't know who you're going for yeah you have to go darlow yeah i i think i, I think there are goals in the, in the north London yeah. derby yeah um double defender from double defenders from chelsea in a couple of weeks is my answer uh, yes all, yeah, are, they, are they asking which ones? Which two? Yeah, or? Double defenders. Just saying double defenders will say yes. We'll say who, would yes. You go for? who would you go for? I would go for Rudiger and James, unless I am absolutely convinced that Alonso plays these easier fixtures, then I might go Alonso. I'd agree. Okay. Torres, hold or sell? For me, sell. I, I It's team dependent. I if you if you have no other fires, sell. But I, I can see team people having other things more important things yeah. to do. Yeah, best options if Rafinha is confirmed out, probably Saar. Yes. Um, Saar, Ducouré. Yeah. Akib's asked about twenty questions, so I'm not going to answer this next one, Akib. But I'll answer it in. I will answer the Edward question on Twitter for you. Um, best Bamford replacements. I think we've already covered that, haven't we? Yep. Um, okay. Um, Right, is Bamford to, uh, Bamford to Armstrong, people are saying. Uh, and FPL Dallas is going to finish it off by saying, Dalla, Dalla, keep a clean sheet this game week. Interesting. Um, we do have one more here. There we go. From Aaron. James Cancelo Semedo, start two. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think I'd just be tempted to start the big boys there. Yep, me too. James and there's a nil-nil. There's, there's, there's a possibility of a clean sheet. One of those could I could get a clean sheet. Yep. So that's probably where I'm going with that. They're um, just better yes. players. They're better assets in general. When, when in doubt, just start the better. The better and, and we've not said it all night. We're not like Neymar who says smash like and get out. I've just I have typed it in the chat a little bit. Did you? That's all right then. But Ranthan there says smash like before leaving guys because please do because that is that um gabe i would like to thank you so much 
uh, for getting up at half past five in the morning. Well, that's when we started. We started at half past five in the morning in Phoenix. So thank you very much, buddy. Um, I, you know, can't thank you enough because otherwise we'd have been in a bit of a mess this week, I think, wouldn't we? A little bit. (laughs) It's all right. But not, not to worry. And yeah, guys, I think that's it. We're going to knock it on the head because we want people to have chance to be able to listen to this and we've only got 24 hours. So, um, we're going to knock it on the head now. Um, what else can we say? Uh, we want you to net that haul this weekend. We want you to get some green arrows. Please keep in touch with us on Twitter. Please keep going in the comments and remind, remind people to come to the channel itself, get active in the channel. That's where we're trying to bring people, uh, to it. Uh, what do we got on next week, Gabe? Who's on? Who's on? <laughs> do we know? Uh, I have no idea. What's going on. <laughs> is it Harry? Is it Harry? Oh, oh Harry, Harry's on uh, the Compass Show. That's right. Harry, FPL no, Tips is on FPL the Compass Tips show. is on the Compass Show yeah. on, on Monday, probably, unless it's Tuesday. I don't quite know what, do, what day the guys are doing it, but Nima's going to have a monstrous hangover because he's gone for a stag weekend. Yeah. Uh, Hibbo's just put a new kitchen in, so I dare say he's just going to sit and drink Guinness in it all weekend. Um, but I'm, I'm going to dry up from my sausage and beer fest. Um, Gabe, I, I'm sure you'll have a great weekend. I think all we can really say from now on is uh, thank you very much, guys. And I'm going to play you out with Nick Triglips and the uh, Grey Rant. That Thanks a lot. We'll see you real soon. Bye, guys. That's devastating. Next on top. I bet livefpl.net is going to crash. Let's have a look. Oh, wow. The average and the safety score have gone way up. (laughs) Having DCL out and then having that prick grey score, it's just like... (laughs) It's ruined my fucking day, though. You know, you get... All ten midfielders blank, don't they? And you just know that fucking Gray is going to come along and fuck up your game week. Game week Monday, like Except all the pricks on Twitter have all got him. That's the only people you were. Every ninety nine percent of people posting on Twitter tonight will have him. All, all the, the rest, will, all the rest will have turned off. <laughs> all the best guys. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>